This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Want to save some money while you travel? Will you be traveling during the holidays? Whether it's traveling around town, the state, or the country, we've got some tips to discuss that will help you stretch your dollars. And as always, we want your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. We always like to start with you with some financial news in the news. I love stock symbols. Uh, Another word for a stock symbol is it's Quotron. And uh, I remember back in the day, the old Coors was A-C-C-O-B, a cold can of beer. (laughs) And then when they joined with Molson, that changed to T-A-P, tap. There's another symbol that I really like. It's L-U-V, and it belongs to a company that hasn't gotten much love lately, and that's Southwest Airlines. Um, They had some problems over the weekend, and a lot of flights got canceled, and their customers are hopping mad, and their stock price dropped almost 10% in just a matter of a couple days. And we see this happening, this overreaction with both good news and bad news. So if you're a wise investor and some bad news hits like that and there's an overreaction and the price is dumped, um, then you need to go back and ask yourself, can they fix their problem? Is this temporary? Um, is this a trend? And I think with Southwest Airlines, they're going to be able to fix the problem and certainly offer discounts to customers to lure them back. So if you're a smart investor, you watch those things and you jump in when everybody else is running for the exits if you're certain that that business is going to hold when all is said and done. So when I get zapped by some sort of radiation and, and, and get superpowers, Quotron is going to be my superhero name. Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, do companies get to pick their own um, Quotrons? I think they do when they apply. Of course, you have to look at um, all of the ones that are out there already and have been used, and you have to get approval for that. But it's a fun thing to see some of those symbols. Good morning, Ryder. How about financial news on your mind? Good morning. So less of a specific financial thing, but thinking about what we're talking about today, so talking about money-saving tips while traveling and and the value of traveling, this kind of reflects a conversation I was having the other day where a client was talking about um, their, their child who is very financially savvy and is big on saving and investing and you know I just love that getting started early but he was talking about saving money instead of going on a trip and it just got me thinking about what is the value of travel and, and it's something I love a lot so I, I place a high value on travel and certainly yes you can save money by simply not traveling but what are you missing out on especially for for a young person someone who is going out and seeing the world you've learned so much from traveling you get exposed even if you're just traveling locally you're seeing other how other people live and other opportunities you might have so it can be very valuable it can be very enriching so that's a little bit of a trade-off you're making when saying, oh, maybe I'll save and do this instead. 
just think about the value of, of, of that trip if it is truly a value, valuable thing. So I think the travel situation has gotten a little bit better than maybe certainly that it was last year. But with uh, the situation still evolving, Nancy, I guess uh, always good to have flexible travel plans. Absolutely. And um, that helps a lot. And, you know, these days we probably can be more flexible because a lot of people are working remotely. So that allows you to take a trip. And while you're on your trip, you can do some work and, and combine work and vacation at the same time. But being flexible means that you probably will get better pricing on uh, travel, accommodations, et cetera. And the good thing I found out is that um, airlines have been a little bit more flexible with uh, travel changing and, and tickets and that sort of thing. Um, I know that uh, I took a trip uh, earlier this summer to visit some folks out in California and actually had changed uh, the sort of the travel dates twice uh, and united the airline, and although I don't think they're the only one. Uh, you know, they got rid of all those change fees and that sort of thing, so it made it a little bit uh, easier uh, to change some travel plans without it incurring you know a huge uh cost so that was uh well go ahead expect expect that not to continue though <laughs> because as we start you know that demand increases because as we all start to run out of our houses and go back to those trips that we had scheduled before all of this happened to us um you're probably going to see them uh clamp down a little bit on all of that this is money talks we have a caller on the line it's sue from beaumont Good morning, Sue. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. I'd like to ask Nancy and Ryder a question about, I read in the newspaper that the IRS is wanting banks to uh, keep track of everyone's transactions that they make there at the bank to, so they can follow money trails. Do you think that's ever going to come to fruition, that you know your, your money will be tracked from the time you put, go to the bank? They're, they're 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 forward. You know that, that somebody's going to be tracking your money. The IRS will have their finger on your money. Well, I, I'm yes, going to tell so you that's... not to be concerned about that so much because we already have to supply information when we open an account for somebody to make sure that this is a legitimate person and this is uh, not money coming from outside the country and all of those things. But this is all to protect against money laundering and terrorism. I don't think they're that interested in, you know, my credit card fees or whatever I paid on something. Um, so I'm not that concerned about that. Ryder? Yeah, yeah. just a couple things about this. There is a proposal for basically everything, every account that is more than $600 is the lowest number I've heard related to this and talking about transactions. If an account has transactions of at least $600, having some sort of report on that. And that none of this is particularly new. Uh, large transactions are already – any – I believe it's $10,000 transaction, uh, cash transaction, uh, money being wired, et cetera, that already gets reported, um, actually, I believe, to the FBI uh, to help prevent money laundering and things like that. This is a little more of tax compliance uh, because this would be furnished to the IRS. And I don't know there, – there's discussions. I, I don't believe that this is – I, I don't know where this is in becoming law. I know it's part of a much bigger thing. 
but a lot of things can change about this. One, that dollar threshold. That is a very low dollar threshold, and just the sheer amount of reporting would be it, it would be cumbersome. It, it wouldn't be unheard of. Of course, banks are already reporting every single of your transactions to you. It wouldn't be that difficult for them to turn around and report to somebody else, just CC somebody on that email. But as well, the specific types of transactions, say large cash withdrawals, wire again, wires are already fairly heavily regulated and watched fairly closely, but they could expand it to other sorts of electronic transfers. Transfers between your own accounts that might be used to, you know, hiding source of money transfers in between, uh, directly in between other accounts. Just the type of transfer, that might be something. More reporting is pretty likely. I think the historical trend has been towards more reporting, even on things that are not necessarily taxable transactions. The threshold is what we don't know is going to ultimately shake out. Thank you. Thanks, Sue, for your call. This is Money Talks, and we're talking about travel tips today. Uh, we got some of these from the whytravelblog.com, so that's our reference point. So if uh, you have some travel tips that you'd like to share, if you have a personal finance question, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion of money-saving travel tips after the break. What about liquor when you travel? We'll talk about that next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. healthy and fit you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active i'm dr josie bidwell host of southern remedy healthy and fit and associate professor of preventive medicine at the university of mississippi medical center listen to the show every monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for southern remedy with your preferred podcasting app You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support.
You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app. Then you get to listen on your iPhone or Android phone to all the MPB Think Radio shows on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. If you like some libations on your vacation, purchase your alcohol from a store or take advantage of happy hours, but don't drink the expensive import stuff. Give the local stuff a go. And a reminder, it's illegal to bring any alcoholic beverages into Mississippi. It's even illegal to transport alcohol across dry counties. So when we talk about travel tips, why don't we start off maybe with some things that you can do for free while you're on vacation. Ryder, does anything come to mind? Uh, yes, I'm a, I'm a big fan of doing free things on vacation. Uh, you spend, spend enough money on that plane ticket, right? <laughs> um, one thing I always recommend is picking up a local free newspaper or listening to a local radio station. So as you know, if you, if you listen to MPB, uh, every afternoon I hear, I hear Java Chapman's lovely voice telling me all the free things to do around town or around our state. Uh, Local newspapers often have an events section, an events calendar, which may include both paid and free things, ranging from sales and block parties to concerts or festivals of any sort. I was in New Orleans this past weekend, and every weekend, every Sunday in New Orleans, there is a there's a second line parade, which you don't have to go to the full Mardi Gras to get a parade when you go to New Orleans, and, and and that is free. You can just go and join and walk along with everybody and just have a good time, and they'll stop off at various places, but that's, that's a great way to spend some time without spending much money. Uh, I also love just reading about not going, not searching for the tourist website and list of exciting things to do as the Chamber of Commerce decided, but reading about the history of a place, I actually go to the Wikipedia article for new cities that I go to because I want to know why, why is this city here? Like, why does it exist? You know, is it, is it here because it was a prime spot on a river and there's some interesting history there? And the city, de- you know, what did the city develop around and what is the city known for? And from there, I can go and find out, oh, they're known for uh, this particular manufacturing is there or, or there this particular art or something is is there is there a museum that I can go to to learn about that particular city and find out really what is unique about that city um, I would say if you're driving uh, to not neglect the welcome centers uh, usually there will be people in there that are knowledgeable about the area uh, can help you with uh, driving routes but also uh, lots of uh, you know brochures that oftentimes contain uh, um, coupons that you can use for either free or discounted stuff you, you know use a, a discerning eye but that's a uh, I always like to stop there just again I'm I've gotten to the age on long car trips well I need a break every couple of hours or so so when I hit a rest stop a, a welcome center I always like to stop in there uh, Nancy do you have any ideas for free things to do on a vacation? 
Well, I just love to look at scenery, and I also love to people watch. Uh, so hiking is a great way to get in the woods and see scenery. Um, and then if you're going to a city, just walking and getting your exercise. But there's so many things to see as you walk and go along the way. Another great resource is just to find the local library. And you can go to the library just to use their computers as well and to, to research what's going on. But the library will also tend to post uh, items, what's happening in the area. They may be offering special events. If you go to Washington, D.C., the wonderful thing there is most of the museums are free. And other museums that charge often will offer discounts or free days, and so you need to check that out. Our two Mississippi museums are great values, but they also offer free days. Often it's free for school children or maybe senior citizens, but find out what's available. Those are good resources. You know, uh, again, referencing uh, the trip I took this uh, summer, again, flew out to California to visit my friends uh, who are from Mississippi, uh, and they needed to come back to transfer some stuff that they had left in Mississippi to their new home in California. So we actually drove back cross country. I think I might have mentioned this on the air a couple of times. Uh, But uh, one of the things that we did, and sometimes these things are free, sometimes not, but you can uh, do some investigation in advance is, you know, it's kind of the, the kitschy road roadside attractions, I think, are a lot more fun. And again, if you do a search, you can find out which ones are free, uh, which ones, you know, sound interesting to you. Um, We stopped at a couple along the way. Uh, There was one that had, it was an old um, volcano, and it had, so you get to kind of climb up to the top of that and look around, and it had an ice cave that you could go down in. Uh, And the other thing that we discovered that I had not heard of, it's not a national park, but it's a national monument, which I think is a one-level below the designation or whatever, but it was free, uh, and we got to go around, do some hiking and some sightseeing, and got to see the the, the scenes there. So that's uh, uh, something to keep in mind um, as well. Looks like we've got another caller on the line, and it is uh, Stanley who's called in today. Good morning, Stanley. You're on the air with us. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good. What do you have for us today? Well, you're talking about traveling and, and vacations and whatnot. One of the things I discovered uh, uh, probably when I was a kid is that you should, my opinion, you should split your time between the touristy stuff and exploring and finding the stuff that's not the touristy stuff. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. That's That's good advice. Absolutely. Uh, One of the the most enchanting things I discovered, I— was, I couldn't have been but 12 or 13 years old, and we went on vacation, and we happened to be uh, going through Tacoma, Washington, and there was a little place called Point Defiance Park. There was never any big advertisement for it or anything like that there. It was just a little place where they set up a park, but somebody had done a thing, I think it was, if I remember rightly, it was called Neverland, and they had made these uh, 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 plaster statues of all the different uh, uh, particulars from Alice in Wonderland, or not, yeah, Alice in Wonderland, excuse me, and from the Peter Pan uh, stories. And like I said, it was something that was never advertised or or, uh, it was just kind of a local thing, and I've seen that over and over again in my travels. And those are just gems to find. Mm-hmm. When you, and often you can ask local people, too. 
and they will direct you to some places. But when you stumble onto one of those, and imagine, you know, you're talking about something that happened when you were 12 or 13 that just stuck in your mind and created such an experience. Uh, But you're right, you know, don't just stay in the tourist areas. Venture out a little bit. Thanks, ma'am. Thanks, Stanley, for your call. Good uh, suggestion. And again, I, I would you know keep keep your eyes open when you're on the road. I mentioned those uh, national monuments, the two that uh, my friends and I went to. We had no idea they existed and were not on our itinerary or anything. That we just were driving along and said, "Hey, that looks interesting. Let's go check it out." And in both cases, it was quite uh, stunning. It was a, a a chance to get out of the car, walk around, and 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 soak in some great scenery. So, so uh, when you travel, you still need to eat. Uh, Ryder, uh, any suggestions for saving money uh, while eating out when you're on the road? (laughs) Yes. Um, While I do think it's important to, uh, as part of the travel, and I think kind of as Stanley alluded to, finding unique things that are not touristy, you do want to eat out. You do want to see what the locals are cooking and eating and and, and how, how they go about their day. But Local takeout spots are a favorite of mine, so they're kind of, as people describe, unfussy places where you can get just local dishes that, that people love, uh, and you can take take it out and go visit a park. <laughs> you can go to Tacoma, Washington, and, and have your takeout at Point Defiance Park while you look at the Neverland statues. Of course, there's also focusing on what are the lower cost meals eating out for dinner is going to be one of the most expensive meals out and that's true whether you're traveling or at home and so either planning ahead and planning to go to some place that is not extravagant for dinner and maybe going to if you do want to sample some particularly extravagant or well-known places, trying those for lunch, often a lot easier to get to, often a much lower price menu, and more reasonable portions because you don't necessarily just want to stuff yourself every night while you're on while you're on vacation. I'm a big fan of picnics too, just grabbing some food in a supermarket, uh, grabbing some food from a deli, something that's low cost like that, and. It gives you variety in your meals, too. You don't have to sit down for two hours in a restaurant for every single meal. You can, you can have, have a variety and, and, do, and do whatever you want, as well as, as, well as if, you, if you're doing a road trip. You know, a, a lot of the times you're going to need to eat on the go anyway. Uh, and I would add to the picnics, uh, Ryder, uh, to have uh, maybe a, a cooler in the car, if you're traveling by car, uh, with snacks, you know, apples and, and other little maybe peanuts, that sort of thing, to sort of uh, keep the uh, keep the hunger pains away while you're on the road. But uh, I, I agree with Absolutely. you. Look for the cheap places uh, during breakfast, lunch, or brunch, because I've seen this even in some of the restaurants around town. When it comes to dinner, uh, they, they do like to jack up the price. Uh, Nancy, what about you? Tips on saving money when eating out? Well, one thing I would say for those families who are planning trips to theme parks, uh, notably Disney World, you need to make sure you budget for food because you are a captive audience once you get inside that park. You have to use their uh, dining options, and, you know, if you've got kids in tow, they've got to eat when they got to eat. And um, so as you're budgeting for that and preparing for that, don't skimp on that part of it because it can be quite a sticker shock once you get in there and you're trying to feed the family on the way. Um, as far as myself, one of the things that I will not 
um, skimp on when I'm on vacation is eating breakfast because there's something psychological about this. You know, my normal day is I have to get up, I get going, I get started, I got to get to the office. And I don't usually get to spend time over a leisurely breakfast. So vacation for me is um, finding a greasy diner. Breakfasts are usually not that expensive, and that's a good way for me to go. So that's a treat. And um, so um, eating should be fun along the way. There are things you could do to keep the bill down, but just be prepared and and don't be um, unreasonable and skimp on that eating budget when you're ready for that trip. We're talking travel tips today, and we'll get to Greg, Bryce, and Chico after this break. Uh, This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We're talking about travel tips this morning, and we've got some callers to get to. So uh, we'll begin again on the phone lines with Greg in Columbus. Good morning, Greg. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call there. Um, Just maybe a a tip for some folks. Uh, My son took a long trip, actually, from uh, Mississippi to his Army base, and and then a little bit later on, he had found out his uh, uh, his bank account got cleaned out Ooh. through his debit card. And so uh, we eventually got the money back because the debit card companies uh, like USA, uh, they'll reimburse you there since they make so much money having you use it. But one of the things I suggested to him in the future is, you know, go to a major retailer like Walmart, go inside, uh, get their uh, gift card using your debit card. Uh, and then go out to their gas pumps and use the debit card in the gas pumps. But I realize skimming uh, can happen at any place just around the corner from where you live. But especially when you're traveling, the last thing you want is to uh, find out your account's been uh, zeroed out, and they never did catch where it was, where it happened, or whatever happened uh, to his money. Uh, they know that it was used. His card was used, uh, a fake card that they made to buy postal money orders. And, uh, you know, so that was just my little tip. I thought I'd chime in with that this morning. Uh, Thank you. All right, Greg, thanks. Go ahead, Nancy. Uh, Well, that happens a lot when you're traveling. You are most at risk of some sort of identity theft. 
and um, one of the things that I do with my, and I use a credit card because there is more safety with a credit card than a debit card. With a debit card, when that goes through, your money is immediately taken out of your bank account. With a credit card, that is basically a loan. So when you get your statement, you can say, that's not me. I didn't make those charges. So when I travel, I'm going to use my credit card. In fact, I tend to use my credit card on more things now than I ever have done. I keep that debit card for just going to the ATM. But the other thing I do with my credit card, because skimming can happen there as well, is I get an alert on my phone every time that card is used. That can be a little cumbersome, but if I go and gas up my car, immediately I am getting an alert, a text that says, your card was used for this amount at this place. So if somebody starts to use that card, I can immediately jump in and call my credit card company and they can stop it. Because what happens with a lot of these things is that people aren't noticing or they use small amounts at first and they build up with larger amounts. And so they do a lot of damage before you even realize that something has happened. So alerts help you and then use the credit card rather than debit cards. And I think the credit card companies have become more proactive at, at contacting you as well. I know several times I've gotten an email or something from the credit card company saying, hey, is this a legitimate charge? And uh, that helps you make sure that uh, no one runs wild with your, your credit as well. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Next up, it's Bryce in Madison. Good morning, Bryce. You're on the air with us. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I want to let you know also I'm a sustainer because I love uh, MPB and NPR in general. Great. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you. Uh, some good tips I've found. Um, I do love camping, and I also love motorcycle camping for travel. And it's just amazing. When you're camping, you're kind of out there in in it. You know, like you can't avoid being where you are even if you wanted to. And it's so cost-effective. And so many state and federal campsites have such great amenities. Like once I went from, I think, like Louisiana up to Tennessee on motorcycle, and I was prepared to not shower for three days. <laughs> But, um, but you know, each campsite had hot water, which, and a grill, you know, I had my little camping stove. So it, I ended up traveling much more comfortable than I expected. And, uh, you know, whether you're camping a motorcycle or, or a car, you know, you're, you're more vulnerable and, and you're forced to interact with people at the campsite and everybody helps each other out if, if somebody needs some more firewood or something. And, you know, just have such great conversation. When you go by a hotel, you kind of lock yourself in your room and turn on the TV, and, and that's it, you know. Mm -hmm. You're kind of isolated. Um, and then someone talked about food. Like, my dad always taught me, uh, if you want to find the, the best local places, always ask a, a taxi driver, you know, because they know the best local ah. places to eat. <laughs> Nowadays, maybe it's not too many taxi drivers, but you maybe ask policemen or firemen. They might know the, the best local eateries, you know. So there's some, some pretty good tips for the road. Well, Bryce, camping is a great option. Here's my problem. I would not sleep at night worrying about what's crawling under my tent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I, funny, funny you say that. One, one quick little thing. I, I have a good buddy that I camp with a lot named John, and, and he's just a few years older than I am. 
So once we went camping like five days straight, I think, and five or six days straight, and towards the end of the trip, he's like, I don't know about these many days, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble getting off the ground every morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens as you age as well. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce, for the call. Well, I've gotten so old that I, I, I even have trouble getting out of a bed every morning, so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not all the time, but, but sometimes a little so, more sore than others. So uh, let's stay on the phone lines. Next, we'll talk to Chico in Oxford. Good morning, Chico. Chico, go ahead. Good morning, y'all. Um, yeah, I've never been much on vacations, but uh, before the pandemic, I used to hitchhike a lot. Mm. And I, I love it. It's it's very exciting and interesting, and you get places you need to go. But um, I only do it if I need to go somewhere. I don't do it just for the heck of it. But I recommend that to, to anyone. Um, I've been doing it for 30-plus years in Europe and, and America, and it, it's great fun. But really what I called about was, um, like I said, I've never been much into vacations. I read every day, so that's that's sort of like a vacation every day. But my redheaded woman is into vacations. And back in Labor Day, we drove up to New York to see Springsteen on Broadway in a Yankees game. And we were driving back, and um, being 118 years old, I have to often, what's the radio word, urinate a lot. So I pulled over. And, and plus, being male, you don't have to find a rest stop or, or anything like that. So I took the first exit I could. We were in northern Maryland. And I think it was just that we were in a very rural part. And I think this exit just led over to a state highway a few miles away. But I pulled over onto another side road, all trees. And all of a sudden, there was this little place called Jumbo Jimmy's Crab Shack. And it was Sunday afternoon, and I told my redheaded woman, we got to go in this place. <laughs> we went in, and it was just, it, it was as local as Taylor Grocery outside of Oxford. Um, we had a fantastic local meal of local uh, ingredients, and there were local people in there watching the Ravens game and playing pool and hanging out. And it was just a very, very cool North Maryland experience for a Sunday afternoon while driving back to Mississippi. So I reckon what I'm saying is don't be afraid to pull off the road to walk the lizard and go into a local place and have a big I think that's I think that's a wonderful story uh, as uh, and, and, and maybe we'll have to make that a little more radio friendly. But I think that's a wonderful story and I love it. Just don't don't be afraid to if you if you see if you see a line of people going someplace that looks like a looks like a local spot you, you and you didn't see it on on the travel website. It's probably a good one. And one that comes in mind is I was when I was driving back from New Orleans. Uh, there's a very popular spot called Middendorf's in um, Manchac, Louisiana. But there's also there's also another restaurant right next to it, and I only saw it right after we had uh, already passed. But you know, it, it has less of the touristy attention, but probably plenty of local flavor, as as you said, Chico. Uh, I, I, I think. Go ahead, Nancy. Sorry. I'm thinking I need to make a trip to Oxford and visit Chico and his redheaded woman because that would be a great experience. <laughs> Thanks, Chico, from the call for the call. Always good to hear from you. Uh, today we're talking about money saving travel tips. Need some tips for hotel savings? We'll have some for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Replete, you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Here's a reminder. Every Tuesday at 10, listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, immediately following Money Talks. Uh, before we talk about uh, hotels and ways to save, I'd like to circle back just a little bit. It's not a free thing, but it's a fairly low-cost thing. And it, if you're still a little bit nervous about traveling too far, the staycation is always a good idea. And I would like to put in a plug for the state parks in Mississippi. Again, the uh, entry fee is not too a couple of dollars uh, for the carload of folks, and uh, they have some great nature trails, some lakes. Uh, there are picnicking uh, spots there. I know my friend and I, during the pandemic, in a way to avoid, you know, uh, uh, house madness or whatever being cooped up, uh, we started going to uh, the various state parks and, and uh, other uh, uh, places and, and hiking. And, and like I said, we would always go pack a picnic lunch and you get your exercise, you get you soak in nature for an hour or so, and then uh, find a picnic table and enjoy a little picnic. So I'll, I'll put in a plug there for uh, for Mississippi's state parks. So uh, as we talk about uh, hotels, picking hotels, maybe trying to save some money, uh, Nancy, let's start with you. Anything come to mind when trying to save money on a hotel? Well, uh, I think you can call them, and uh, often we will do this at the last minute because we know that they are under some requirements for certain occupancy rates, and so if they you know, have rooms sitting there available, they will often discount. And they will discount if you have certain memberships. So if you're an AARP member or a member of some other travel club, you can also find discounts that way. But just a phone call rather than just trying to look at what's available online and personally speaking to them and just asking the question, is that your best price? Ryder, uh, any tips? So similar things, and, and especially like you mentioned earlier, stopping at rest stops, travel stops, if, especially if you're crossing state lines, there are often discount books. There are often help getting lower-cost hotels, or there's coupons for hotels, things like that. And as Nancy said, calling them instead of just seeing the price online and clicking clicking on that because like she said especially on in not peak seasons hotels can have high vacancy rates and and you filling a room is better than not filling a room even if that means taking uh getting a lower price on that so i'm a big fan of a uh, big fan of calling them to find out but also like a previous caller said like bryce said camping is Camping is a great one uh, for me. I've enjoyed that a lot, and you can find campsites from free to only a few dollars. National parks, state parks, there are some private camping spots, and there's just always going to be some sense of wonder about waking up in the woods, waking up in a different place, waking up where there's no one else there. It's just, it's just a totally different experience. I'm gonna wonder what's in my sleeping bag. <laughs> All right, it's it's not it's not for everybody. Let's be clear. No. Nancy, sounds like you should be a glamper instead of a camper. That might be yes. the solution yes. there. That's, and that's there there is there there is glamping available. There is a, a website called Hip Camp, and that's where a lot of private 
uh, campsites are there and people who are just kind of making a campsite for folks. And some of them are glamping. I actually I know of a farm in North Mississippi that does some glamping, and it's it's uh, it's as full service as camping can get. They have a tent set up for you with cots, and it's nice and. So it's it's a lot different from just rolling out your bag and, and putting a tarp over your head. Uh, and I think I think we're at a point where uh, hotels are looking for occupants, and, and and you know again I think people have just begun to redo the travel that we were doing before the pandemic. And again, referencing our trip cross country this summer, my friend, uh, we would always have a place that you know we're going to stop in City X, and he uh, actually while we were on the route would do a search and find the cheap hotel. And I remember I think a couple of nights uh, actually sitting in the parking lot of the hotel, and he was uh, on his laptop uh, getting us a reservation. So uh, I think you can find some uh, deals on hotels. The other thing that I've noticed is that, um, you know, there are a lot of large chains. I think it's the the sleep in, I think, is is one of a chain. Uh, maybe Clarion is the owner. I'm not sure. But realize that uh, that uh, one company might have several different sort of levels of hotels. So you can maybe, um, you know, f- uh, sign up for their uh, discounts or whatever. But c- keep that in mind that, um, you know, that each I think most of the chains do have the sort of the basic. Uh, working their way up to get to the real fancy uh, luxury hotels there. Uh, what about uh, B&B or VRBO, vacation rentals by owner? Um, Nancy, do you have a lot of experience with those, and, and what tips would you have for, for renting a B&B or a VRBO? Well, um, yes, uh, I have done several of those, Airbnb, VRBO. All of these are competing with our local hotels, which means that's good for us as customers. That's going to push the price down. And um, it's very helpful to use one of those, especially if you have a larger group, um, to have a whole house. And that's often what you get with a VRBO. Um, Sometimes you can with Airbnb. You need to read the fine print. Are you just getting a room in somebody's house? or are you getting the whole house? My preference is to have the whole house or the whole apartment. And so you have a a kitchen where you can cook your meals, and so you're going to save on food in that respect. If you have several people in your group, then that means instead of renting three or four hotel rooms, you're renting one house where there are maybe three bedrooms and room for everybody to sleep. So it's a great option and um, easy to go online and find those sites read the reviews, read the fine print, look at the map to see where it's located to make sure it's going to be convenient for you where you are traveling and where you want to be when you're sightseeing. You know, another thing, obviously, uh, hotels are kind of cookie cutter. The same rooms are the same no matter where you are. But Ryder, with uh, a BRB or whatever, or a, a BNB, sorry, um, you, they can be very <laughs> unique. And, <laughs> yeah, we'll be back later. Uh, but they can be very unique because it's, it's someone's house usually. Absolutely, and it allows you to stay in different areas. There might be an attractive neighborhood to you in a city that that just doesn't have hotels. It isn't that built up. It doesn't it doesn't have that level of commercial activity. It might be a quieter neighborhood. 
hotels you often are by an interstate great for road trips obviously very convenient they're by an interstate they're by more businessy areas downtown areas they're not necessarily in the quite quiet funky neighborhoods that you might want to spend a lot of time in so I think those are particularly valuable if you'll be there for more than just a single night you're more than just stopping by if you're just, if you're just going through a town then a hotel is very, very convenient because they make it so easy to get in and out. But if you want to immerse yourself in the area, then a VRBO for a whole house or Airbnb for a whole house or a room in a house can be so convenient. Often you'll also, the host will either be there, will meet you there, or at least they are somebody who knows a lot about the area and can, can tell you what, what's good just to walk to, what's, what's, a, what's absolutely worthwhile driving to. They can be kind of a tour guide for you and, and drop some suggestions for you. We've got another caller on the line. We'll say good morning to Mikey from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Oh, good morning. I love this conversation. Um, I, I got a couple of um, uh, uh, different ends of the spectrum, shall we say. Nancy, first of all, get you a lawn chair, honey, and put your sleeping bag on it, all right? <laughs> I mean, okay. you know, uh, I mean, you know, you can fold That's it up and take idea. it with you where every, hey, I've done, whatever. Um, uh, but the other one is if you're doing the big city thing, the last time I was in Chicago, um, and that's why I say this is the other end of the spectrum, um, I saw families who were sleeping on the subway, little children, and this was some time ago with their mothers who had nowhere else to go. That's why they were sleeping on the subway, riding the subway all night. Um, and, okay, first of all, if you're lucky, if you're fortunate enough to, to be able to go, and I worked in luxury hotels in Washington, D.C., uh, in management. Um, uh, I'm not ashamed of my resume, um, but this was in Chicago uh, on a convention for different things. Uh, and. I, I, I saw this lady with her kids, you know, sleeping on the subway, and I saw the, the folks as I was as we were going in in the subway stations, um, and there was a guy who played saxophone. <laughs> now this guy who's a Chicago saxophone player, if you know anything at all about jazz, <laughs> you know that he was a saxophone player. I mean, he was amazing. Uh, uh, on the way in, because I already knew enough to stop by the drugstore next to the luxury hotel um, at which we were staying, I went ahead and bought, you know, some beer, and I put it in the closet, and I didn't drink it all before we were leaving, and uh, we didn't drink all the water, you know, bottled water that we had. So on the way out, um, and some juice, you know, uh, we took all that with us, you know, with our luggage in tow, and uh, a lady came up to us and asked if she could have the water. Um, and so, you know, I had already put aside the, uh, the, the juice product, and I gave that to the guy who was playing the saxophone while we were going out to get to the airport, and uh, he was so appreciative. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> All right, uh, Mikey, thanks for your call. We are almost out of time. Uh, just a quick thought, uh, Nancy, on travel insurance, especially, I guess, when you're flying. Any thoughts? 
Um, I don't usually get travel insurance. Now, I have talked with clients who will go for travel insurance if they're booking a longer trip, a more expensive trip, um, if it's, uh, especially if it's overseas, um, a cruise, some sort of guided tour that they're putting a lot of money in, and they're concerned about uh, what, what if something happens and I can't do this trip, will I get my money back? I would say to people, read the fine print because it sounds like it will cover everything. It does not. And so there are limited applications for travel insurance. Um, so instead of just you know, plunking down those few dollars at the airport, which may be just money thrown out the window, take some time before you take that big trip to look at the possibilities, to look at the policy and see, does that fit me and my needs or do I just need to take my chances? All right. And- I would just like to add to the travel insurance, there's two things. One, if you are booking with a credit card, which Nancy brought up earlier, a lot of times your credit card will offer some sort of travel insurance with it. So... All right, we had to cut you off. Sorry, right or out of time. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can find it at moneytalks.mpbonline.org. Shows produced by Liz Gill. Our call screener today was Java Chapman. For Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Up next, it's In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.